So, so we know everybody knows that uh, right now we're in the Sira. And there is, there is an accepted minhag not to listen to live music, recorded music. Some even go so far to say a cappella. Is it just a minhag? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not it's it, you speak to the postcom. Uh-huh. Allah, but but I did ask I did ask a few years ago if we can if we can if we can continue this kabura. I asked if we could do this kabura, which is we're specifically listening to music, not f- to get up and dance and to be besimcha. Even though whenever you're learning, it brings you to some level of simcha, obviously. But the, the point is that the music, as we know, in this Chabura, it's taking us to a certain place. A deeper place, that's the goal, <clears throat> specifically in this Chabura. Place of Avoda, place of Dveikis. Therefore, there, there are heterim. Anybody who doesn't want to listen to the music, you can close your ears. If you're here, obviously, you're okay with it. But the goal is that we're going to listen to it in a, in, in a deep way like we always do. So we're going to listen to a, a song now. It happens to be, I don't know if anybody was here. I actually did this song like two years ago, I think. Um, around this time, so maybe you're here, but uh, it's a it's a very important Indian, and it has to be chazed over. And, and the Torah is a little bit different, so let's listen to Yishei Rivo. He's going to sing Gam Kielich. So listen to it, and then we'll uh, speak. So explain what we do here. So we're going to listen to the song, Yishei Rivo's song. The words are in front of you. It's very important to know what they're saying. Very very important. That's part of this chaburah's that people have to come to the realization that there's a different level of Havana, of a song, when you know what the words are, when you actually know what they mean. It changes the whole experience of the listening to the music. So first we listen, we look, we, we listen a light listening, look at the words very lightly. Then usually we, give, we say some words of Torah based on the parasha, based on the zman that connect to the words. And then afterwards, we listen to the song again in a deeper way, with a deeper understanding of the words. And, and hopefully, hopefully, you'll feel a difference between the first time listening and the second time listening, which will hopefully open up a little bit uh, of your insides in whatever way it opens up. There's no rules, there's no expectations. It's just we're here to try to experience a lukus in a different way than usual. Okay, let's go.
These words at the climax of the whole capital. Hashem Roi Lo Echzer. So let's speak about this a little bit. Let's go back a few weeks. A few weeks ago, a few parshas ago, Parsha Shmini, it was the day that Klai Yisrael has been waiting for for a long time. The day that Akash Baruch was waiting for since, since creation. And that was the day of Hakamas, the Chanukah Samishkan. When that, when that place, that Dir B'tachtonim, was finally built, and the Kaddish Baruch could come dwell, and there could be the Avodas, the Kohanim in that place, the Karbanos, the Ketairas, the Tefilas, the singing. And on that day of Simcha, of Sasan and Simcha, unfortunately, it was a tragedy. We know in Adav and Aviyu, two of the Chasid Elyon, Chazal called them Chasid Elyon. The highest, equal to, or maybe even greater, potentially greater than Aharon and Moshe and Aharon. And they went to serve Hashem in a, in a, in a special way, in a different way. They were, they were different. They were different. We don't know much about them. They tried to perform an avoda that was not commanded of them. An Eish Zara, they brought a foreign fire, something that wasn't commanded. Could be that they held in a certain way, which often people hold in logic, is that which is not commanded is even higher than that which is commanded. We know Chazal that's not true. Greater is the one who's commanded and does more than the one who's not commanded. They held the opposite. Greater is the one who's not commanded and does which at a different time we have discussed that in different Chaburas. There is truth to that, but it's not for now. So they bring this Eish Zara, they wanted to bring this fire that wasn't commanded of them. They bring it to the Kodesh Kadashim to serve Hashem, and we know the end. That Hashem sends a fire down, and it consumes their insides, and they die in that place. On the day of the Hakamas, the Chanukas of Mishkan, they die in the holiest place, the Kodesh Kadashim. The Kodesh Kadashim is sealed up. No one is allowed to enter. Achrei Moshe Ibn Aaron. We start with the sixth parasha. Interesting. Where else in the Torah does it refer back to an earlier parsha? 
So such another is another instance. Let's tell you what we're holding right now. We had a few parshas. There was a pesach and some stuff. We have to just pause for a second. We have to remind you we're, we're holding right now after the two sons of Aaron are calling Nadav and Vio died. Why does the Torah do that? So one answer, and this is something that has also been discussed at a different time. It's not for now. Is is that the death of Nadav and Vio has a very very special connection to the Avodas Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. The Yom Kippur service is is very dependent on what happened with Nadav and Vio. That's not for now. But what I think, in terms of this Chabura, is that Achri Moshe Ibn Aaron means that Aaron Cohen, right now in this week's parsha, he was still feeling the effects of the death of his children. We're still holding by Achri Moshe Ibn Aaron. Kalal Yisrael was still feeling it. Moshe was feeling it. And Aaron Cohen, the father himself, was, was still feeling it. That acute pain of his sons dying in the Mishkan. And we know back when, in Parsha Shemini, when they died, the Pasuk says something very interesting about Aaron and Cohen. What did Aaron and Cohen say when they died? He said nothing. And he was quiet. He was Makabal the from Makadosh Baruch He's an Ebed Hashem. He's a Mammon. He's a Babi He accepted the Gezerah that there was a reason for the, for the death of his children. Yet it's very interesting that the word Vayidom is, is used. What does that word mean? Where does that word come from? Ready to connect. So the Vayidom is a Lashon of Domeim. What does Domeim mean? What, how do they translate Domeim in English? Inanimate. Inanimate. It's not animate. It's not moving. It's not alive. It's a rock. It's a rock. Domeim. Quiet. Solid as a rock. Insides, outsides. Solid rock. Unfortunately, sometimes when a person suffers a personal tragedy, it could be that to the outside world, he looks normal. He holds it inside. But when he goes home, he cries. When he goes home, he mourns. He weeps. Maybe he even talks about it with some small inner group of people. But it could be outwardly, no one knows that he's suffering. But Vayido means something more. Vayido means he closed up like a rock. There was no emotions. He totally closed up. We should never know from tragedies. But this sometimes this is what happens. This is the reaction of people who, who go through personal tragedies. They absolutely close up. There's no emotions outside. There's no emotions inside. They don't cry. In, nothing. They're in pain. They're suffering. Because they're locked in this jail cell. This rock. This vayidom. But there's nothing, they're not open to have any emotions. They can't even cry. Unfortunately, we've heard stories. Today was Yom HaShoah. We've heard many stories, unfortunately, of people who closed up. They couldn't even cry. Now, while still suffering, Ayidoman, he's still in this state of Ayidoman. Achrim Moshin Ibn Aaron, he's still holding that his kids are kilu dead in front of him, what happens? Kaddish Baruch comes to motion and says, tell Aaron Cohen about the holiest service of the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur. And on that day, there's going to be a lot of avoda, a lot of changing of clothing, a lot of mikvahs, a lot of different shechitas and dams and sprinklings. But what's the climax? 
of that avoda. Everybody knows. The katoras, the avodas are katoras in the Kodesh Kadashim. What was that? What was that avoda? Just for a minute. The Kohen Gadol had to go to the Mizbeach and take a, a pan, a shovel, whatever it was, and he had to take some of the hot coals, burning hot coals from on top of the Mizbeach. He comes back and he takes a full handful, total handful of Keturus up to the top of both his hands. And he has to pour it into a pan. And he has to hold it with his left hand and he's holding the coals with his right hand. So his hands are fully taken. He goes and he has to walk through the Heichel where the Mizbech HaKetoros is. He has to pass that. He has to pass the Shulchan on his left, or on the right, and he passes the menorah on his left. And he has to go all the way to the Parochas. And we know that he had to zigzag through the Parochas. It was a long, it was a nice walk. Until he finally came right in front of the Aaron HaKodesh in the Holy of Holies in the Kodesh Kedoshim. And he puts the coals down. And now he's holding this shovel of Ketoros. Now what's the problem? In one hand he's holding the shovel and he has to get all of the Ketoros into his hands to pour it onto the coals. He didn't take it from the shovel and pour it on. He had to do it from his hands. Now the problem is that there is enough Ketoros to fill both of his hands. But he only has one hand free because he's holding one hand on the, the shovel. So how do you get a shovel filled with two handfuls of Ketoros into two hands when you only have one hand available? So he had to turn the shovel around, hold the tip of the shovel. He writes, so the shovel is now facing me, all the guitars in front of him. He had to kind of, with his thumbs and his fingers, he had to tip slowly the shovel and get all of the guitars to enter his hands fully. Every inch of his hand was taken. This was the, one of the most complicated, if not the most complicated service. And if he made a mistake, he could die. And then he would take that Ketoros and he would put it on, side, on top of the coals and then he would wait for the smoke to come up and then he would go out. So that was the climax of the holiest avoda, of the holiest of avodas on the holiest day in the holiest place of the year. Now imagine for a second. Imagine for a second Arnako. So he's listening to Moshe Rabbeinu tell over this avoda. This is what he's, this is what he's born for. He's the Kohen Godel. And Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, okay, and so you take the coals from the Zbeach, and then you take the Ketoros, and then you take those two pans, right? These, these shovels, and you have to walk through the Hegel, and you have to walk through the Parochas, and you have to walk into the Kodesh Kadosh. What's Anna Cohen thinking? That's where my kids died. They died in that place, bringing an Ezzar. That's what Anakon's thinking. You, you want me to go to that place where my kids died? And you want me to do the most complicated service on the holiest day? I have to have perfect machshava. I have to have perfect form. And not only that, the Pasuk says it was usher for anybody else to be in the Ohomoid at that time. That means Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't come to support him, to comfort him, to hold tissues while he's, maybe he's crying. By himself, alone, he had to go back to the place where his kids died on that day of the Hanukkah Zemeshka.
you imagine? He was still feeling, he, he, he was still holding by their deaths. So how do we understand? Why would a Kodesh Baruch make an Arnakon and do such a thing? It almost sounds cool. To have to make Arnakon go to that place. Maybe a few months later, maybe. Let it settle down a little bit. Achri Moshe Ibn it was right afterwards. The whole nation was still feeling those effects. And of course, Arnakon. What was Hashem doing? What was he doing to Arnakon? Now we're in the we're in the period of the sphere now, and there's a similar similar incident. Why why is the sphere? Why is it a time of mourning? Why can't we get haircuts and play music as we march towards Matan Torah? Right, we're leaving Mitzrayim, we're marching towards Matan Torah. It should be a Yemei Simcha, but we know what happened. Twenty four thousand. It's it's unfathomable. 24,000 Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva died during this period. And Rabbi Akiva was left alone. It's Mashman. He had no, literally nobody left. Absolutely nobody left. So the Gemara says, he was by himself. He was alone. You couldn't leave him one Talmud, two Talmudim, something, so he could continue teaching. Gemara says, how Rabbi Akiva told Rabbi Shimba Yechai that it's so much more painful for me not to be able to teach. It's more painful for me not to be able to teach than you not being taught. He told Rabbi Shimon It's so much more painful for the cow not to give over its milk. So he's left alone. It's obviously painful. What's the tafas? Of course, this question could be asked in many other situations as well. Any situation where a person is going through a serious loneliness, depressed, sad, and he feels like he's mamish on his own. What's the tachas? So we know Nadav and Avi were very, very holy. We know. They almost didn't belong in this world. It was like they were a chiddush. And Chazal tell us that they didn't even get married. There's very few people like that. We know Ben Azai, the son-in-law of Rabbi Akiva, couldn't get married. He got married and then he got divorced. He couldn't, he couldn't. He had to learn Torah all day. Other than the view, couldn't be in this world. They were, they were totally, totally obsessed with the Kaddish Baruch. They were like living the Shamas. They were like walking the Shamas. And in this world... The world of Olam Asiyah, where there's a concealment of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and Hashem is not revealed, they felt extremely lonely. When you're in a Shama, and you're in a world of bodies, you're lonely. You're by yourself. Who can, who can you relate to? Kaddish Baruch Hu is hidden. Okay, Moshe and yeah, but they were dealing with, the, you know, Klal Yisrael. Who were they to talk to? Who were they supposed to be with? What were they supposed to do? They were mamish alone. And we know at the end of Mishpatim, when it's, when it's going back and speaking about Harsina again, it mentions, it mentions over there that Nadav Neviu, according to Rashi, that they 
They gazed at the Shechina Akdosha. They were totally obsessed. They, needed, they were trying to grab whatever they could. They gazed inappropriately. There's a machlokas, it looks like Mepharshim, but according to, I think it's Rashi, he holds that they gazed inappropriately at the, at the Shechina, and they were destined to die from that point. They were Chayv Misa. They weren't killed then, but they were destined to die. They couldn't control themselves. They needed to chap any devakas they can get in this world. Because they were walking the shamas. And a Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't, doesn't, doesn't want that avoda. He wants us to be able to live in this world with the loneliness, because we are neshamas. And the neshama is, alo- is, is lonely in this world. But he wants us to be able to balance and to live and try to find a place to express the neshama. He doesn't want a person to grope in the darkness for some crazy spiritual experience to, to have to, you know, walk on, a, on an edge of a mountain while, you know, drunk, trying to get some spiritual experience. That's not what wants. He wants us to live down, down on this earth. And there's a struggle. The more spiritual a person is, there is a struggle. It is sometimes hard. I've spoken to people. How am I supposed to go to work after, you know, this year? Like, how am I supposed to go to work with all of that I know about Ruchens. How do I how do I do that? And some people the people are in pain. They're in champagne. And it came to a certain point where Nadavana View were so lonely, they couldn't take it anymore. And they were ready to die. They brought it on the day, the first second they had a chance. The day that the Mishkan was finally put up and there's a Mizbeach and there's a Kodesh Kadash and there's a place where they could express themselves fully. They jumped at the opportunity, they brought an Ezara and they brought themselves as Karbanas and they died. Hashem took their Neshama. Nadav means Karban Nedava. They brought themselves as a voluntary offering. They couldn't live here anymore. It's game over. Kodesh doesn't want that. They were already were going to die because when they looked at the Shekhinah, they already were trying to leave. They were trying to get out of this. They were trying to get out of their bodies. They thought they looked they look at the Shekhinah, maybe the Neshama would just go out of their bodies. It would be over. And Kodesh Baruch said, not yet, not yet. You'll have your chance. And they did. By the Chanukah Samishkan. Hashem took them out of their misery. And they died in the holiest place, in the Kodesh Kedosh, exactly where they wanted to be. But other than a view, had a, had a good question. How, how does a person deal with the loneliness? If a person is spiritually sensitive, there is a certain loneliness. Then a Shama is the odd man out. It's like, it's like imagine you're from Memphis or something, and you move. And you come into a class of like all oh, Lawrence kids, you're the odd man out. You're by yourself. It's, it could be lonely. Unless you make a mean shalant. Then you make friends real quick. But no, in this world, the neshama is lonely. Rove of the world is not Jewish. Then even with amongst the Yidin, those who deal with the neshama are very lonely. 
So what was the Kaddish Baruch doing with Anakam? Why was he making go back to that place? The Kodesh Kaddash, the place that another view died. The place where another view, they were so miserable in this world, they felt so alone that they had to give up their lives. Why would a Kodesh Baruch make Anakam go back to that place? It's like, you know, when, unfortunately when people have car, car crash and they die. You see, unfortunately we see by trees, you know, they, they make that the tree where, the, where they crash into the tree. They put a picture of the kid there. They put flowers there. It's, and it's a sad thing. When you drive by, you see it. It's sad. That means some kid between the age of, you know, 15 and 20 died in this place. That tree was the Kodesh Kadoshan. And she was saying, go, you go to that place and you perform the most complicated avoda. Why was the Kaddish Baruch making Arna Cohen be alone? That's what he was doing. He was making him be alone. Kaddish Baruch was telling Arna Cohen, and he's telling every one of us, that even though none of you felt alone in this world, and they couldn't handle it anymore, says the Kaddish Baruch, that's not true. They were different. That's not the Mahalach. That's not, the, that's not what I created in this world. It's true. There is a loneliness. But you're not alone. So I want you, Anna Cohen, to go back to that place by yourself. It is also for anybody to be with you. I want you to be completely alone. And I want you to go back to that place of alone called the Kodesh Kedashim. By the way, alone, I know it's a, it's a funny remez, but alone, which is an English word, Sounds a little bit like Elyon. Alone, Elyon. Right? I want you to go to that place. The place of Elyon. By yourself. With no one, absolutely nobody else there to come for you, to be with you. Why? Venesate, Ketoris. And I want you to place the Ketoris. What's the end of the Pasuk? Lefnashan. Because I'm there. Nobody is ever alone, says the Kaddish Baruch because I'm with you. And the only time, not the only time, but sometimes the way that a person can feel that a Kaddish Baruch is with him is when there's nobody else, nothing else there with him. Because the second you have somebody, something else, you can rely on that person a little bit and then HaKadosh Baruch does not reveal himself to you. So HaKadosh Baruch is saying, I'm going to teach you the answer to another one of you's question of what do you do in this world if you feel so alone. I'm going to make you be alone. I'm going to put you back in the same situation as another one of you, but you're going to live. That's exactly what tshuva is, Right? Ramam says, when a person sins, you have to go back to that place, that exact place, and not sin. That's tshuva. That's Yom Kippur. That's what a Kodesh Baruch was telling Aaron Akali. You need to be, go back, re- retrace the same steps, the same exact steps that another one of you took with the Eish Zara. Aaron Akali had to take the same exact steps from the Mizbeach, where they got the, the fire from, the Eish Zara. Aaron Akali, you take a pan from the same fire and you walk the same path. But this time, you're not alone. You're not lonely. You don't have to go to get to the Kodesh Kedoshim and give up your life. Because Kodesh Baruch says, I'm with you the whole time. 
Gam ki elech begeit salmavis. Even says David Melch, when I'm begeit salmavis, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. Salmavis is the place where not even view died. It's salmavis is the shadow where not even view died. That's the Kodesh Kedosh. Gam ki elech begeit salmavis in that place. Lo ira raki atayimadi. Kodesh Baruch, you with me? That was why Aaron Akon had to go into that place. And that was the tachlis. Because Aaron Akon, after the children died, and he felt so alone, and he went into a state of vayidom, like a rock, he wasn't open. So Hashem says, I'm going to open you up. If I put you back in the same situation, and I say... I'm here with you. You have me to rely on. You can open up. You don't have to be Vayidom. Because Vayidom is almost acting like Nadav and Aviyu. They're shut off from the world. I can't be in this world anymore. No emotions, nothing. I can't, I can't be here anymore. And a Kodesh Baruch saw Aaron Cohen going into that place. And he says, no, 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 no. That's not the Tachas Achayim. I'm going to open you up in the Kodesh Kedoshim, in that same place. Because why? Because I'm there. Trust and rely on me. And that's why Rabbi Akiva also had to be alone. We don't understand the secrets of our Kodesh Baruch Hu. But we know that Rabbi Akiva, after all the Talmudim died, when one would think, okay, game over, I tried a Kodesh Baruch closed the shop, what did he do? He found five new Talmudim, the greatest Talmudim that the world has ever known, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi. Because when, he, when all the Talmudim died, he had nothing but a Kodesh Baruch He found a Kodesh Baruch in the deepest way at that time, and that's how he was able to start again, and that's why Rabbi Kiva became Rabbi Kiva. So there's two types of alone. There's the first type of alone, but that's supposed to bring you to Elyon. Kodesh Baruch puts people in a state of alone, not to hurt them, not to make them miserable. He dafka puts a, per- a person in a place of alone because that person needs to understand that even though he feels alone, he needs to come to that realization that you're never alone. And it's only if you go to the gates of his mamash, which no one would ever bring themselves to. The gates of the valley, the deep valley of Tzel Mavis. Nobody would bring themselves to that place. But the Kodesh says, I have to bring you to that place because you're holding Bavayidon. You're so depressed. You're so sad. Hashem says, I'm sorry for you. The only way I could open you up is if I mamish break you open. To take you to your worst nightmare. To your cave. To go back to that place that you sinned. Go back to the place where you had a tragedy. And realize you're not alone in that place. Are you with me? So this song that Yishari was singing... Of course, based on the words Gam Kelech B'Gates Amavis. These are the words, obviously, I'm being more dramatic, but these are the words that, and this is the song, imagine, that Aaron Cohen is singing as he walks after being given the task of the, 
Avodah Zakatoros. And he's thinking about this whole thing. And this is crazy. But he comes and he says, No, Kodesh Baruch says, Benesati Katoros, Hashem, No, Kodesh Baruch who's there with me. I don't, I'm not alone anymore. When he had that realization, and it was Yom Kippur, and he started walking towards the Mizbech to get the coals and to get the Katoros, and then he walks that quiet walk towards the Kodesh Kedoshim where his sons died, he was singing this song. That's what you should imagine when you listen to this song. Aaron Cohen walking, that eerie, quiet walk towards the Kodesh Kedoshim where his son's mamish died. And he's singing it with strength, with chizik, with amuna, with bitachun, slowly, every step, opening himself up to becoming one with the Kaddish Baruch.
didn't read the words, but I hope you were reading the words or thinking about the words as was going on. And when he says, if you listen to it again, when he sings that high, Ki Atayimadi, that's Mamash when he's, when he's standing in the Kodesh Gashem right there. Maybe hopefully you're imagining that. At that time when he got in where his kids died and he screams, Ki Atayimadi. And he ends off by singing, In the Vakish and his Akish, Talat Filasinu Ka'ola. If we ask and persist, our prayer will sound like a sacrifice. Meaning what? Another view couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do that. They themselves had to be the sacrifice. Aaron says, no, we could daven. We don't, we're not alone. We could daven to Kodesh Baruch and that could be the sacrifice. We don't have to be the sacrifice. Yeah, we should be